play and stay on Washington State's Kitsap Peninsula, the natural side of the Puget Sound. Stand up paddleboarding, hiking, great restaurants and breweries. I'll tell you more about your next vacation destination later in the show. Bell, and this is your last meal. Every other week, we'll explore someone's perfect last meal to find out which food they find most delicious, or nostalgic, or comforting, or gluttonous. And then we'll explore the history of that dish and more. So, before the very first episode of Your Last Meal even aired, I was hustling, trying to book famous people as guests. And since the show hadn't started yet, it had zero street cred, and I was just crossing my fallopian tubes that famous people would see the appeal of talking to a nosy Jewish girl about the food they like to eat. And during this process of trying to find celebrities, I fortuitously got an email announcing that Quincy Jones was coming to Seattle's Neptune Theater to do a live show. You know Quincy Jones. Everybody knows Quincy Jones, the 83-year-old prodigy. He's worked as a record producer, conductor, arranger, composer, musician, television producer, film producer, instrumentalist, magazine founder, and entertainment company executive. Quincy Jones produced three Michael Jackson records, Thriller, Off the Wall, and Bad. He was musical director of the Dizzy Gillespie Band back in 1956, and he was executive producer for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and he even wrote the theme song. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spend most of my days. And since I'm based in Seattle and Quincy Jones went to high school and college in Seattle, I thought maybe he'd want to be on my podcast. A little favor for a local gal. So I sent off an email to his PR person, and the very next day I got a reply. It said, quote, Quincy would like to do this. Quincy would like to do this. That is literally what the email said. So I got out of my chair and I told everyone. I told all of my coworkers in the newsroom. I told my boss. I told all of my friends. I called my mom. Very excited to get Quincy Jones on the podcast. So a few weeks go by and it's a week before the interview. And my boyfriend and I are sitting in a coffee shop and he asks me, what is Quincy Jones even doing in Seattle? What is this show all about? And being the diligent journalist that I am, I had no idea. So we went online and we Googled Quincy Jones, Neptune Theater, Seattle, and we were speechless. And then we were hysterically laughing. Did you guys know that there's another Quincy Jones? And he's a 33-year-old comedian from Seattle? Yeah, I didn't know that either. But that was just the first shocker. Being the diligent journalist that I am, I immediately Googled young Quincy and was shocked at what I found. The headlines said things like, Terminally ill comedian Quincy Jones opens up about cancer battle. And terminally ill comedian Quincy Jones stands up to cancer. In 2015, Quincy was diagnosed with a rare untreatable cancer called mesothelioma. Doctors told him he only had a year to live. So not only had I gotten the wrong Quincy Jones, now I was about to ask a terminally ill cancer patient what his last meal would be. <sighs> this could be very, very awkward. So I emailed Quincy's people because I wanted to make sure that he knew the theme of the podcast. And they wrote back and said, quote, he didn't bat an eye. I'll make sure he knows again when I confirm this time. Want to shoot over the parking instructions? So apparently it wasn't a big deal for Quincy Jones, but I was feeling a little bit nervous. So how do you start an interview with a 33-year-old terminally ill comedian named Quincy Jones? Did you know that there's another Quincy Jones? No. Yeah, 
There's another one. Did you know that? We have to fight to the death. I know. There Here's, can only be one. Can I be honest with you? Yes. I thought when I booked it huh. at first that it was the other Quincy Jones. I'm sorry to disappoint you. And I told everyone in the office and I told all my friends. I'm like, he said yes immediately. And then I realized a couple weeks later, I opened. I was like, oh, who's this? <laughs> well, I didn't glad to know you research your, uh, your your guests so thoroughly. I try. So you're, you weren't born Quincy Jones, though. No, no, I was, wasn't. So did you change your name yourself? Yes, I did. And how did you choose Quincy Jones? I went to open mic, and I was nervous that my ex-girlfriend at the time uh, was going to come and boo me because she said she was going to come and boo me. So uh, I signed up as Q, and he's like, we don't do one letter or one names. I was like, okay. Uh, so what Alphabet is it? discrimination. Yeah, duh. He's like, what is it, Qu- uh, Quentin, Quincy? I was like, Quincy. He's like, all right, what's your last name? I was about to say, he said, Jones? I was like, yeah. He's like, are you related? I was like, no. So somebody else made up your name for you and you kept it. Yes. And here we are. So I've read a lot about you because I do research my guests right, later right. than sooner. <laughs> and the other thing I I emailed um, your, is she your publicist, Olivia? Olivia is my manager. Your manager. Mm-hmm. I emailed her to say, I want to make sure he knows the topic of the show because when I booked this, I also didn't know that you had cancer. <laughs> and how awkward would it be to talk about your last meal <laughs> if you didn't know that? We just go into comedy, have all this riffs. So what would be your last meal? Just break down into tears. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's got to be turkey meatloaf, but that's just what my mom is. Yes, and I was like, I don't want him to cry in here, except I kind of do because that's good radio. Good ra- good ratings, too. Yes, very good ratings. We're in the top state-of-the-art studio, guys, in case you don't know where. What, your last favorite meal? Was that the name of the podcast? Favorite your last, last meal. My last meal. I research you. You could at least research me and know the name of the freaking show. Well, I just gave you my favorite meal, so I thought we were getting friends. But the rapport's ruined now. Back to business. We're Here we fighting. go. I hate when we fight. Can uh, we make up? Yes. Okay. That was a quick fight. That was a quick fight. That's how you know you're in a good relationship. Well, now that Quincy and I have smoothed things over and we're BFFs, it's time to address the elephant in the room. Quincy's cancer. But first, this short break. Um, can you talk about your diagnosis? Yeah. I mean, do you want me to? Sure. My prognosis, obviously, is now outdated, but they don't update it. So that's the crazy part about they don't like review it and be like, all right, well, we made a mistake. Looks like you're going to live longer. They can't calculate it. So they gave me the prognosis of a year and I was determined to beat that. And I did that. And when was that? Uh, August 6th. August 6th of last year, they gave me a year. Okay. In 2015? Yes. So August 6th this year, uh, I, I I broke that and celebrated. I went to the Grand Canyon, saw the sunrise there. And if you've never been to Grand Canyon, go. It's worth it. Uh, but also, if you've never been to the Grand Canyon, check out a sunrise because it's like seeing the first sunrise of time. You see the sun come up over those rocks and you see for miles and miles. It's, it's beautiful. Do you hike in or are you just on the rim? I was just on the rim. Okay. Rim shot. Rim shot. Sorry to say just on the rim too. Like you're like, this was the most amazing thing I've ever done. I'm like, oh, did you just on the rim? Did you jump down to the bottom? Did you paraglide in? Oh, just the rim. Oh, well, (laughs) because we we all aren't real committed to the adventurous lifestyle. What was your diagnosis in the first place? Um, uh, November, I'm sorry, December in 2014, I had uh, my stomach fill up with fluid and it's called ascites. And we didn't know what it was. And then uh, going into 2015, I got my stomach drained. And then that started a process of getting my stomach drained. 
uh, sometimes getting four to six, seven liters drained off my stomach at a time. And so they finally did a biopsy in June, and the result of the biopsy was cancer. So that's why my stomach was filling up with fluid. The type of cancer I have is peritoneal mesothelioma. You might have heard mesothelioma on the late-night infomercials of, if you or someone you know has mesothelioma, call this lawyer to get money. And did you call? Yeah. But you, it's it's a it's a racket. Oh, okay. Everything's a racket. Okay. Also, not only that, but you have to know how you got it. You have to be able to trace it to to Sue. Like you, what? Yeah, that's the thing. That's a, that's what they don't tell you. They're like, oh, did you did you, uh, you work in a brake auto mechanic shop? No. Construction? No. Huh. Do you like cheese? Yeah. yeah. I do like cheese. That's just a question we ask just for our own operators. Yeah, I mean, we just want to make sure you're not crazy or a communist, right. you know? But yeah. No. Or lactose intolerant. We yeah. don't do those people either. Yeah. We don't rec- We don't represent lactose intolerant people. We have principles here. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, at the time you were 32 years old, right? Yes. What does that feel like to get that kind of diagnosis at your age? I mean, to find out it was cancer and you don't even really know how to pronounce it when you're free because you're like, what? But you feel relieved, and now you know why your stomach was filling up with fluid. Uh, you don't feel relieved when you realize there's no cure. There's no cure for mesothelioma. So uh, that means that, you know, I look good right now. The fluid will start coming back one day, you know. Um, and so you just try and live in the moment. You know, you appreciate it. You just try and keep positive. I feel like that a positive mindset is sort of what helps people get through the darkest times. You know, yeah, you don't have to be a Disney song or like, you know, you don't have to be singing songs. But And why are there cartoon birds taking your jacket off right now? Oh, well, I, you're ruining the illusion of this being a podcast, okay? Let's Sorry. Tighten up. And so, yeah, so I just keep positive, focused on that. Were you already a very positive person? Because I've always thought that it would be hard in that moment when you're so scared and stressed out by all of this to suddenly become very positive. Uh, I, I, I think I became more positive when more people started telling me that they were inspired by my story. Uh, I was a I was in general, a generally positive person for, I mean, I was living out my dream. I was doing comedy. I'm in LA, you know, uh, I'm starting to gain a little traction, you know, and then luck hit and there, here I am now. So Quincy teamed up with his friend, a producer named Nicole Blaine, to make his comedy special. And she put up a Kickstarter and the goal was to raise $5,000 for this project. Well, the Kickstarter got sent around to comedians around the country. They ended up raising five grand in just two hours. And by the time the campaign closed, they had raised $50,000 to make this special. And somehow a producer on The Ellen Show got wind of this, and Quincy Jones was asked to be a guest. Despite being told he only has one year to live, our first guest has faced this devastating news with humor and courage. Please welcome comedian Quincy Jones. So Quincy sits down and he tells Ellen his story about the cancer and his comedy special and the Kickstarter, and she surprises him by looking straight into the camera and making a plea. If someone from HBO is watching or somebody from Netflix is watching, um, this guy is hilarious. Why don't you air it on HBO? Why don't you put it on, put it on Netflix, you know? Somebody. So, you were doing all those shows, you were doing a thousand shows a year, and now with all the chemo, you don't have the, the energy to, to travel as much and work as much. So our friends at Shutterfly want to help you share life's joy and give you a check for $10,000. What? 
So he's on The Ellen Show. It's a pretty amazing thing that happens. He gets $10,000. So it was quite a shock to Quincy when just a few days later, Ellen had him back on the show. Here's the thing that you uh, mentioned last time, that you want to do a comedy special. That's really important for you to do a comedy special. Yes, I really want to do it. Yep. So what you what you don't know is we, uh, I, I, we called the head of HBO. And your people didn't even tell you this, but HBO is going to air your special. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you're, there's water if you yeah, want. Please, um, please, yeah, please. Yeah. Please, thank you, please. Oh my God, but, it's the best surprise. Yeah, it's thank great. You so, so, yeah, so uh, HBO was like, oh, yes, of course we'll air it. Isn't that insane? It's so amazing. And so, on June 2nd, 2016, just a few months ago, on Quincy's birthday, HBO aired his comedy special called Burning the Light. Here's a little clip from a behind-the-scenes video HBO put together. So, last year, I self-diagnosed myself. I thought it was celiac disease. And let me tell you how relieved I am to find out it was cancer. And then, <laughs> I could eat regular pasta again. I'm dedicating this special to anybody who's been affected by cancer, who has cancer, who's fighting cancer, anyone who's lost someone to cancer. You see, what I have the ability to do right now is hopefully to inspire people to dig a little deeper and fight a little harder. Someone could watch this and be like, that guy has cancer? That guy got told he was going to die, and this is what he managed to turn out? Well, I have no reason to sit up here and complain. Whether it's cancer, whether it's a breakup, we're all one misstep away from losing it. Die of chemo tomorrow. I have a lot of stuff on my mind, you know? But more important, I'm excited. I'm happy. All the stuff, it's all gonna just drop, drop away. Because in that moment, I'm about to go on that stage in a few hours. And I'm gonna go give a great hour. I'm gonna give these people what they came for, a good time. And that's what I'm here to do, I'm gonna give a good time. Quincy Jones! It happened to air on your birthday. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's a really good birthday present. Yeah, and I celebrated it like it, I tell you that much. What'd you do? I was in Portland for Bridgetown, a comedian festival, uh, and we just had fun. I hear strippers in your voice. Uh, yeah, well, there might be undertone, <laughs> an undertone of strippers. Yeah, it was fun. It's implied. Donuts, strippers. What else do you need in life? It's very Portland. Donuts yeah. and strippers. Yeah, that's the name of my album coming out. Donuts and strippers. Would it be an ampersand between strippers and donuts or like an N with a little... The N. Okay. Strippers in donuts, like yeah. Captain Crunch. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, except yeah. not cutting up the roof of your mouth, causing first degree injuries. I know. know, which you can't feel because you're usually stoned when you're eating it. Yeah, and then well, the next day you wake up and you're like, oh. I remember that. College is coming back to me now. Uh, back when you didn't need almond milk, you know? Like those were the real days. Back before you started being aware of your body. We didn't even know you could milk almonds back then. Yeah. Oh, those were the dark ages. Those were the dark ages indeed. It really is. No one knew almonds had breasts. Yeah. So let's get to the question at hand. Your last meal. Is this something you'd thought about? No. No. I never even thought about dying. I think about it now a little more, but I never thought about dying. Because you're in your 30s. You think you're going to live forever. You know, you think, hey, you know what? 80 is a good run. We all dream of 100, right? But 80 is a solid. Yeah. 85. Like, you're not surprised. I don't know. I didn't think about dying. 
It's so much better not to. Yeah, I heard it. It helps it helps you live longer by not thinking about dying. Okay, let's get on topic here. Okay, focus. Focus. Here we go. What would you want for your last meal? <sighs> my last meal's got to be prepared by my sister. She's a chef. She is. She's the best. Is she a chef for a living? She was. Yeah. Now she's a phlebotomist. I, I think if, if, if it was my last meal, I'd try and like gorge myself until my heart stopped. Um, I think... I'd start off with a Caesar salad, fresh Parmesan shavings, no croutons, because I want to watch my figure in the casket. <laughs> um, follow that by uh, Malbec wine, um, salmon, garlic mashed potatoes, uh, some vegetables, maybe some creamed greens, smothered greens, something like that. Does she already prepare this meal for you and you've had it before and you think she does a really good job at it? Yeah. Yeah. Chicken. Gotta have chicken in there. I don't eat red meat, don't eat pork, don't eat shellfish. So yeah, chicken. Oh, and some dessert. Gotta have some dessert. Uh maybe a lemon lemon cake, lemon pound cake, lemon Ooh. meringue pie, or up pineapple upside down cake. That's good. I'm getting hungry just talking about it. I like how you had this perfect kind of square meal. So it was like salad, salmon, a vegetable, mashed potatoes, and then you're like, and some chicken. Yeah. Like just a side of chicken. Yeah, just uh, no uh, live chicken. Oh. I, want, I like to pet things. While I eat. <laughs> so I just pet. So that's who you'd want to eat with is the chicken. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's time for a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to investigate Quincy Jones's last meal. And since he named so many dishes, we're just going to focus in on one the history of the Caesar salad. We'll be right back. If you're a fan of naturally gorgeous, off-the-beaten-path vacation spots with small-town charm, you're going to want to plan a visit to Washington State's Kitsap Peninsula, where you can grab a scoop of homemade ice cream and stroll around the adorable European seaside village of Paulsbo, or walk on the ferry in Seattle and get off in downtown Bainbridge Island. And May is the perfect month to visit Bremerton or Silverdale, where you can get out of the city and into the forest in just 15 minutes for a beautiful hike. Enjoy a farm-to-table meal at Bremerton's Restaurant Lola, a Black-owned business. I really need to make the trip out there for their Creole brunch. And in the morning, stop by Saboteur Bakery for croissants that are so flaky and buttery, you'll think you're in Paris. There's also a gorgeous golf course in the middle of the forest, and there are several naval museums in Bremerton. Go to visitkitsap.com slash yourlastmeal to learn more. That's K-I-T-S-A-P. Or you can find a link in the show notes. Play and stay on the Kitsap Peninsula, the natural side of the Puget Sound. The Caesar salad is such a ubiquitous menu item, a dish that is so common. I never even thought about somebody inventing it, that a single man came up with the Caesar salad. And as the story goes, it was invented by an Italian immigrant who was living in Tijuana in the 1920s. The man who invented the Caesar salad is named Alex Cardini. And luckily, his granddaughter is still around. Her name is Carla Cardini. She lives in Houston, Texas. She's kept up her family's tradition of working in the food and wine industry. She is a certified sommelier, and she is kind of obsessed with her family's version of the Caesar salad. My grandfather, Alex Cardini, created what is known today as the Caesar salad. That was in the early 1920s during Prohibition. There's a family conflict as to which brother between Caesar and Alex created the salad. Caesar owned a restaurant. That's my grandfather's brother, my great uncle, in Tijuana, Mexico. And then my grandfather joined him and the name of the restaurant was Caesar's Place. It was very popular with the Air Force people during Prohibition and the stars through Hollywood and San Diego and Los Angeles. 
they would go to Tijuana to party because there was no prohibition in Mexico. Um, the story that my family abides by is that uh, one night, my grandfather was a pilot for the Italian Air Force in World War One, And after World War One, he came to, the, to Mexico to join his brother, Caesar, and started taking care of the Air Force pilots from Rockwell Field near San Diego. As the story goes, one night, the boys stayed a little bit too late, partied too hard, missed curfew, and slept it off in the restaurant. The next morning, whenever they woke up, their hangover remedy was what is known today as the Caesar salad. At the time, it was called the aviator salad from one pilot to the other pilots in honor of them. And that was a what we call in the restaurant industry an a la menu or table side presentation. That was taking all of the ingredients, putting them in a bowl, and creating the salad that you ate with your hands. What Caesar did after it became very popular was say, we need to make this into a dressing that's easier for people and the staff to make the salad, just add the dressing to the lettuce leaf. And that's what he took to San Diego and bottled under the Cardini family name as the original Caesar salad dressing. I can't believe their hangover remedy was a salad. I mean, compared to now what we eat when we're hungover, you know, you want like a juicy cheeseburger or something. Um, Yeah, a blended donut and some coffee. And Did you say blended? Oh, yeah. Don't you want everything blended whenever you're hungover? (laughs) That's true. Yeah, I never thought about blending coffee in a donut. Carla says she never ever order Caesar salad anywhere because she knows how to make it at home. And she says the ones that you get in a restaurant do not taste like her family's original recipe. Carla says the way the original recipe works, it's just impossible to make it for a big group of people. It's only good if you make it in small batches. It's a little bit finicky, but she says it's absolutely delicious. He made it from whatever he had available, which was one day old bread, which formed the croutons. Anchovy paste, not anchovies because the family's Italian. Um, Parmesan cheese because it was an Italian restaurant. The limes, not lemons, and that's what you find in Mexico. You don't find a lot of yellow lemons. And then the olive oil, Worcestershire sauce. These were whole leaves that were taken off of the head and one-minute cooked egg to help the emulsification. You have all the lettuce leaves laid in there. The egg goes before the lime juice and the Worcestershire sauce so that that acid hits the fat of the yolk. And then those semi-firm whites that are broken onto the lettuce leaves help form the emulsification, which is what sticks to the lettuce leaves. Got it. So you scoop out all the And the anchovies go on the crouton. Okay. And then the crouton goes just on the lettuce leaf. It gets rolled in with the salad when it's all rolled together. And then you just eat it by hand, one leaf at a time. All right. So if you're confused by the rolling, which I was confused when she was talking about rolling the salad, she's not rolling up the leaves. It's just the way she describes mixing the salad. So you're supposed to put a salad fork on one side of the leaves and a spoon on the other. And you're supposed to do this rolling motion that mixes all the ingredients together. So the salad dressing gets made on top of the lettuce leaves and the croutons with the anchovy paste kind of tumble around. And then you stop rolling and you just dig in with your hands. And that is the classic. Cardini Caesar salad, and I really, really can't wait to make it. Carla says everyone in her family knows how to make the salad. They are currently teaching her five-year-old niece how to make the salad, and she thinks she was probably about that age or even younger when she was taught her family's legendary recipe. But I was wondering how a hangover salad that was made by an Italian immigrant in Tijuana, Mexico, ended up on menus across America. 
And Carla says she's not exactly sure how the recipe spread so widely, but she thinks it might have to do with her great uncle Caesar. So Alex Cardini stayed in Mexico, but Caesar Cardini left Tijuana for San Diego and then he went to LA where he bottled a Caesar salad dressing. The brand is Cardini's, it's called Cardini's Original Caesar Dressing, and you can still get it to this day on grocery store shelves, even though the salad dressing has now been sold to a big company. Meanwhile, back at the studio, Quincy Jones is still listing foods that he wants for his last meal. I have some baked beans, too. Gotta get some bushes of vegetarian baked beans in there. Oh, my God. Some, some, oh, yes. Oh, turkey meatloaf. I'm hungry. I haven't even had breakfast today, so this is all It's 1.03 p.m. And I need to eat some. You didn't have lunch either? I haven't eaten anything. I'm now your Jewish mother. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I need something to eat. You're making me hungry just looking at you. I know. I'm withering away. I have some nuts in my drawer. That's not enough. That's not sustenance. Just put some almond milk on it and it's cereal. (laughs) That doesn't sound so bad. Some cereal. They don't sell cereal enough, right? What do you mean? They have like a whole aisle of it at the grocery store. No, I'm talking about in diners or cafes. They don't sell cereal. They opened an all-cereal restaurant in Times Square about a month ago. Kellogg's did it. And each bowl is like seven or eight bucks for cereal, but you can mix whatever cereals and you can put toppings in and stuff. Are you toying with me right now? No. This is real. It's real. I'm going to New York the week after next. I'll be there. You should go. I'm going to. In Times Square. It's a date. What's the name of this place? Um, Kellogg's NYC. I'm going to do this too. Can I read you some of the combinations? Yeah. The Corny Blues is corn pops with blueberry jam, lemon zest, and kosher salt. Not high enough now, and I'm not high enough then to eat blueberry. What in the <laughs> world? Not very good. What about this? This one actually sounds good to me. The chai line. Crispix, fresh peaches, chai tea powder. White people are going too far, honestly. I'm going to call the caller right now. Who are you going to call? I don't know. Trump? That seems to be king of the whites right now. I don't know. That's right. Because I'm Jewish, I always exclude myself from just being just white. I'm like, no, I'm Jewish white. I'm a that, minority too. I, I, we consider, we count you guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. We can When people say, I'm like, ah. Eh. How about this one? Bury me in green tea, rice krispies, fresh strawberries, green tea powder. What is the obsession with green tea? Can we all end green tea. It's not good. I went to Japan in 2002. Okay, I remember green tea frappuccinos out there. Wasn't sold in it then. Not sold in it now. Let's let it go. Special K, rice krispies, raisin bran, crave. Frosted mini wheats, frosted flakes, Fruit Loops, cornflakes. You just want cereal and milk. Yeah. Yeah, you can have that. You don't need green tea powder and mint. Oh, they have Pop-Tart crumble as a topping. There's only one type of Pop-Tarts. That is brown cinnamon. Frosted strawberry. Those are cool. Okay. If you feel like being a peasant. But when you (laughs) live the lifestyle of a jet-setting comedian like myself. With a lot of free time. Yay, yay. (laughs) <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's uh, well, yeah. now that you look at it, I get why they have to spice it up with green tea matcha flavored flakes because their brand isn't really you know jumping off at me right now. Those aren't your those aren't your cereals. Corn flakes, Fruit Loops, Frosted Flakes, Frosted Mini Wheats, Crave, Raisin Bran. Crave uh, sounds like a club. It does. Yeah. Rice Krispies Special K. If you build it and sell it, they will buy it and go. And you will in one and a half to two weeks when yes. you're there. I'm so excited. Will you send me a cereal selfie? I will. I, I have your number. I'm going to. They don't have almond milk. I just tip over the table. 
and you bring your own. You're so much fun. You're this, fun. This, is, the this best. is really fun. This is really fun. Before we wrap, what would be your favorite last meal? Before that, can I ask you a question I forgot I wanted to ask you? Yes. What do you think that the other Quincy Jones's last meal would be? Steak, asparagus, wine, or whiskey. Why do you think that? He grew up, I mean, he's outlived a lot of people. He worked with Lionel Hampton. He's worked with all the legends. Worked with Michael Jackson. I feel like a steak. He's a man's man. That's why I feel like Quincy Jones is a man's man. He plays all the instruments, composed everything. He did George Benton's Give Me Tonight. What? He did that song from Austin Powers. Do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. Do, 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 do. He's done everything. It. He executive produced Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's been in the zone for 50 years. Okay, my last meal. Mm. I haven't been able to narrow it down to one thing. Matzo ball soup, bagels, locks. I want a matzo ball sandwich with bagels for the bread. Mm. Mm-hmm. I want gefilte in the sandwich and on the side. Yes. And sauerkraut. You want tomatoes or no? No. Oh, well. No color. I guess if that's how your mother raised you, I guess. You know what? If it's not beige, I don't want it in me. Oh, That is a go. weird thing to say. Man. Her boyfriend <laughs> who is a girlfriend. now? <laughs> how come you haven't said any inspirational things like you did on that video on the People magazine um, website? I mean, you didn't ask me to say anything, but I'll say something inspirational. Okay. So, I mean, life is good. Like, what are we... What are we really upset about? You know, I feel like I treat my life like I treat like a relationship. Like we try and solve the problems. You're not always going to solve the problems. You just sometimes you got to let it go. You know, when people argue religion or this or that or their causes, I'm like, dude, I do you, baby. I'm not going to try and convince you of anything. If that's what you believe, that's what helps you sleep better at night. Fine. Vote for Trump. I don't care, but I'm not going to be friends with you. And sometimes we need to let that, but I feel like people are so afraid to be alone nowadays. That's why we're always checking our Facebook and checking in and getting validation from other people. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. You don't have to be happy all the time. You're not going to be on all the time. It's not, everything is temporary. It's all passing. None of it matters. Enjoy the moment. You got a, you got a roof over your head, hopefully. And I mean, it's just like, like, life is good. Like when I got cancer, man, like all, all I was thinking was like, I just want to live longer than a year. That was it. And now I'm starting to dream a little bigger. I'm like, I want to take salsa class. I want to take language, you know? And that is Quincy Jones' last meal. Quincy is performing at the Neptune Theater in Seattle on September 23rd. It's a Friday. Please go get tickets. Let Quincy make you laugh. And you can watch his HBO special called Burning the Light. And if you're as curious as I am about how to make that Cardini family original Caesar salad, I'm going to post the recipe on my Facebook and Twitter pages. And you can find me on Facebook at Rachel Bell on Cairo's Ron and Don Show. Send me pictures. I want to know how it turns out. A special thanks to Carla Cardini and her family for the Caesar salad recipe. Still no word from the other Quincy Jones on whether or not he can make it onto the podcast in the future. Quincy Jones Sr., if you're out there, call me. Original music by Prom Queen. And this is a new podcast, so I would be so grateful if you subscribed and left a review on iTunes so more people can find us. I'm Rachel Bell, and until next time, this is your last meal. If you 
like listening to your last meal, you might like watching my new TV show, The Nosh with Rachel Bell. We just wrapped up season one, so there are four tasty episodes ready for you to binge at CascadePBS.org. In episode one, I convince an East Coast skeptic that Seattle now has fantastic bagels. And in the season finale, we go truffle hunting just about an hour outside of Seattle. Episodes are a quick bite just eight and a half minutes long. So grab a snack and cozy up with the nosh available anytime, anywhere at cascadepbs.org or find a link in the show notes.